We're back. It's the CXM Experience. I'm Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And this is our final episode, not the final time we talk about it, but our final episode on the DC FTS, the Digital Customer First Transformation System. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about how uh, you use a reference architecture to fit uh, new technology into your existing MarTech stack. And uh, we're gonna, this is going to be actually kind of, I think, a pretty interesting discussion. But before we get into it, I'm going to spend just a second on what DCFTS is already. Um, you've been listening, you probably know, and also do this, you know, reasonably economically. Um, but I'm just going to go through the, sort of these uh, five steps on your journey to becoming digital customer first. You know, this is something that we do with our customers all the time. Uh, we can do it as a series of workshops, half day, one day, two day, you know, as many days as you want. Uh, senior leaders from Inside Sprinkler, uh, also our SI partners, all can execute these. And they're a fantastic way to align your stakeholders, uh, get your thinking straight, you know, making sure everyone is on the same page. And you can also download these and, and get copies of these from our blog and from my blog and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, let, me, uh, let me talk a little bit about the five steps. So step one is to see what's possible. Uh, that's a, a value model. Hey, what could we really get out of this? You know, what kind of value do I want to deliver to the organization? Uh, step two is identify what you need. So that leads to a capabilities model. What are the capabilities we need to build as an organization? That was a that was like a two episode or maybe even three episode uh, discussion as I went through that in detail. That's a very rich uh, model. Uh, step three is to define where you are and what's next. Uh, so that leads to the maturity model. And the maturity model is one of my favorite steps. This gets everyone to agree this is where we are today as an organization and more importantly where we want to be and then you got to validate the investment you know hey what is the roi that we're expecting from this how do we want to make um, this thing payback and what's our payback time frame and you know what are we going to look at there and how do we think about roi very important because a lot of digital customer first transformations sort of tend to take on almost a religious aspect of what's well, the right thing to do and it is the right thing to do don't get me wrong but the result is People end up driving something that people aren't clear what the value is, don't know why we're doing it, um, and can get kind of confused and maybe frustrated. Uh, then step five is actually you've got three parts. It's deciding what to do. Uh, so once you're at this stage, you can build functional use cases, and they're very particular to the organization. Uh, you can build an operations model. And we went through that in detail in the last show, and I think you can see the operations model a great way to get everyone aligned on all the things you need to do. And then today we are going to end with the reference architecture model. And this is a, a pretty visual slide, so I'll sort of describe that and, and talk about that a little bit. But also I'll talk a little bit about MarTech Stacks and sort of some of my thoughts on that, sort of experiences that I've had with MarTech Stacks and a little bit of some perspective on what I see uh, people who are doing the best job on it doing. So... Uh, that is DCFTS. So here we go. So let's talk about the reference architecture model. I do have a bias here, so I'll, I'll just expose that bias because I, I think it's probably have multiple biases, but this is a particular bias around architecture, uh, which is we work with very large organizations at Sprinkler. So when we go into an organization, they typically have a lot of systems already, multiple SaaS systems. Um, the average marketing department overall has uh, more than 70 different MarTech systems. Uh, only HR has uh, as, almost as many, but uh, many have many more than that. I was actually at a large uh, global manufacturer and technology company, and I used that 70 number as an average, and the uh, COO was um, 
in the engagement with me. And he started laughing. I said, you know, what's so funny? And he goes, 70. He says, we aspire to get down to 70. I go, we're in the hundreds. And that's pretty typical. And so you, so I do say that I, I have a bias and a sort of a nuanced perspective that we're working with large organizations that have a lot of systems. One of the reasons for this is that a lot of empowerment has gone to different groups like marketing teams who will buy these systems on their own without involving IT. And I think that's a mistake. I actually loved working with, I had a great IT partner and loved working with IT. And it was a really important part of how I think we were successful at Microsoft doing this, but that doesn't happen everywhere. The second thing is that I would actually observe that a lot of vendors take advantage of the complexity of large organizations. I think I've got a point of view on this as well. I think this is the wrong thing to do. Uh, But classically, you'll go into a large organization and ask them how many, say, CRM systems they have. And they'll all be from one vendor, but they'll have like 16, 17, 20, 25 different versions that cannot be combined in either different countries, different departments, or different um, businesses. And so the challenge is you end up with data about the customer and a bunch of different systems, and that can never be aggregated. So we do have a philosophy at Sprinkler, which we hold to very strongly, which is we only do single instance deployments. And this has been a Sprinkler principle from day one, and it has proven to be a fantastic operating model. So, you know, we work with some companies in 140 different countries. Uh, And even if a country asked us to have their own version of Sprinkler, we wouldn't do that. We always make sure that everyone's on that company's instance of Sprinkler so that global collaboration can occur, business unit to business unit collaboration can occur, and individuals can work with each other no matter where they are. And that has proven to be, I think, prescient. Uh, People weren't as worried about it, uh, say, a decade ago when that principle was created. Uh, But today it's become a real problem where people are trying to figure out how to get a 360-degree customer view, and and they can't do it. I also have a point of view on MarTech stacks in general, and I'll I'll expose this bias as well. Uh, So there are, if you go to chiefmartech.com, which is, I I love um, what Scott's been doing there. I think that's a great site. If you don't read chiefmartech.com, at least once a week, you should. It's really great. It kind of does it for free and lots of interesting perspective in there. But he runs something called the Stacky Awards, and the Stacky Awards are... You know, show us your MarTech stack and, you know, we'll, we'll judge who the best stack is. Uh, and there is some pride, I think, in people having complex stacks. The problem is that in order to get all these different SaaS applications to work together, they've all got to connect via an API. And the challenge is that uh, any good SaaS application is constantly evolving. We'll do 700 to 800 features a qu- quarter. That's a sprinkler and, and everyone's doing that. And so you've got all these different SaaS applications all evolving very quickly, and those APIs tend to be quite fragile. So the systems uh, have a hard time working and connecting to each other. Uh, I had a team when I was at Microsoft whose goal was just to find the broken leads that fell to the floor between the API, the broken API connections between our different SaaS applications, just, you know, for perspective. But that's the reality, and you know, it's changing. What we do see uh, increasingly is that people will use Sprinkler to eliminate a lot of individual point solutions. And you know, Sprinkler can replace up to 17 different point solutions uh, with its functionality and, or even more if you've got duplicates. That's pretty cool. I'm not gonna really kind of pitch that today. That's just sort of kind of where we're going. But you know, when I was building my MarTech stack at Microsoft, um, my, my perspective was I don't want to have a bunch of point solutions. 
I, what I really want is I want a bunch of sweets. Um, and uh, maybe not even a bunch, a few sweets, right? Uh, and that perspective came from healthcare. So in healthcare, um, healthcare is classically a little bit ahead of the curve on IT, which maybe not everyone thinks about, especially when you're sitting in doctor's offices filling out forms over and over again on, on paper. But actually, IT is a very uh, sophisticated, uh, IT in, in healthcare is very sophisticated because they're always on the bleeding edge of trying to figure out uh, how to make sure that patient outcomes are, are optimized. And so hospitals got to a point in about 10 years ago where they had so many point solutions, it was hard for them to operate the hospital. Uh, even just provisioning a new user was extremely complicated. Uh, the Palo Alto Medical Center, for example, uh, in Palo Alto, California, had 400 beds in their hospital, kind of mid-sized hospital, and uh, they had 400 different SaaS solutions running. Some were desktop as well, I think. And so that, that poor CIO was like just on the edge all the time and, uh, and had people just to provision a new nurse was extremely complicated. And so uh, a system came out um, in the 80s, but it took them a long time to kind of build it out called Epic. And Epic Healthcare, uh, based in Madison, Wisconsin, is one of the great companies uh, in the world. Fantastic CEO, very unique culture. And their perspective always was that it would be better to have all the patient information in one place and have a bunch of different systems connecting to it. Sounds familiar, right? In many ways, Sprinkler is just simply the exact same strategy as Epic, but uh, in marketing as opposed to healthcare. And it took Epic a long time to build out all the different functions that were necessary to fully operate a hospital. But by around 2006 to 2010, they got to a point where you could run your hospital on Epic. Uh, today, Epic is 60% of the hospital business. Uh, they're the dominant player. They've sort of squashed everyone. Cerner is in huge trouble. And what has been proven is that the model of being able to see a patient's full view uh, and for the patient to see their full view, too, because there's an Epic portal, uh, is so incredibly valuable because you can more easily manage outcomes. And I think the same revolution is coming to, to marketing. Uh, we're going to see, as you know, a sprinkler, what we see all every day is more and more companies using us to be able to get a 360 degree of their customer in a CXM profile uh, using our CXM database. And they're going to be um, seeing the advantages of providing better customer experiences through loyalty and revenue. And that's where, that's where we're headed. So on the DCFTS model, what we do here, and what's actually, this is incredibly useful. And because what we do is we've take, it's like a big diagram with lots of lines in it. So that's kind of neither here nor there. The key thing is to think about all the different systems that you need to connect. And this is where I think sometimes the complexity of the existing MarTech stack can sometimes be, I don't know, missed or, you know, glossed over or like, let's just not think about that because that's sort of scary. But this basically says, hey, you know, you've got your email systems, you've got databases, you've got CRM systems, you know, you've got all sorts of, you know, care management and you've got, you know, third party management tools and you've got all the different sort of uh, planning tools and marketing management tools and content production tools and like just a lot of stuff. And so what this reference architecture does is it shows all of those things in one place. And then you can start to think about what is your architecture and how do all your things fit together? It is, I think, one of the most important things you can do in this process because classically people will forget about a system or they won't think about a system or they don't kind of create clarity around what is 
the dominant system or what is going to be my system of record or where do I go and get that 360 degree profile? And, you know, people have been creating data lakes for a number of years. A quick perspective on that, a little bias there. I've seen data lake projects fail over and over again. People spend a lot of money on them, but because they aren't really actionable, they're just storage, uh, they don't tend to really go anywhere and people will typically rebuild the data lake. You may be on a version two or three of their data lake project. If that's the case, then probably should stop it and try to get something that's more actionable that you can actually do something with. Um, so then all the front office functions have to be thought of in this reference architecture. So marketing, customer care, advertising, commerce, research and analytics, product development, public relations, sales, human resources, legal and finance. Those are all really important to look at and sort of think about how do all of those connect to all the different systems that are touching the customer. Um, and then we've uh, kind of grouped the systems into conversations, community, collaboration, campaigns, and content. So there are different systems kind of doing all those different things uh, right now. And uh, then sit down and have some fun. You know, uh, we actually do have um, little uh, pieces, like little wooden pieces that you can actually put on this diagram. I, I've our CEO does this all the time and it's super powerful um, because you can sort of see all the different systems you have and sort of create this inventory of, oh my gosh, all that stuff is running right now. And I've got to think about how I'm going to do or manage or decommission or recommission or whatever, all those different systems. And uh, it's, it's a great exercise uh, to make sure you don't forget anything and don't leave anyone out. So that is DCFTS. If you would like us to do this with you, please reach out. I'm grad.con at sprinkler.com and i be delighted to, to do something. You can also hit me on Twitter, DM me at gradcon, uh, hit me on messenger. I'm gradcon on Facebook. Um, I'll, 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 if you want to send a friend request, I'll accept it. And, uh, and of course, LinkedIn, I'm gradcon uh, on LinkedIn as well. In fact, I'm gradcon everywhere, uh, except for gradcon.com. I was very complacent because I'm the only gradcon in the world and I did not register gradcon.com. So if you go there, you'll see it's a, uh, a Chinese connector company. Uh, that's not my side hustle. That's actually a different company who keep trying to steal my handles, but you know they're not going to get them. Uh, and, uh, and I keep hoping they go out of business. And they seem to be doing great. So it's a, it's a bit of a, stale, a stalemate right now. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but anywhere but gradcon.com, you can reach me, get a hold of me, let's set something up, and we'll have a conversation. We can go through it in detail, and we can set up a workshop. And for the CXM experience, I am... Greg Hahn, and I will see you next time.